Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to In Off The VAR. This is our referee special where we get joined by, we're lucky enough to be joined by somebody with a lot of experience and many years in the game and is also a referee's assessor for the, the League of Ireland. Um, how are you doing? Are you alright? Uh, pretty good. Good man. Yeah, good so, um, you know, a couple of disappointing results, I'd probably say, that, that Leeds have had over the past couple of games, you know, with, um, with the, the Villa and the, the, the West Ham results. Um, in terms of play, a bit of variability, I would probably say, in terms of um, the way that the games have gone. But um, from a, a, a perspective of, of the referees, if we, if we look at the, the Villa game first and we take it in order, um, what did you think overall to the, um, the approach that the ref took to the game and, and uh, in terms of a score, what, what you'd assess it at? Well, I thought the referee uh, had a very poor performance uh, on the night. And it's one thing I don't like to do is to criticise referees in public, but he certainly had a very poor performance. Uh, I'm not going to use some of the terminology that has been used on social media. Uh, I've seen them with Villa shirts on and, you know, that type of thing. I, I totally disagree with that. Uh, I, a lot of it was down to the ways some of the Leeds players reacted to the decisions that he made and it probably got his back up and that, but that shouldn't uh, uh, make him responsible for some of the decisions that he made, in my opinion, absolutely totally wrong decisions. Um, you can't always blame the referee for a team's downfall, but in this instance, a lot of the use was down uh, to the ref free and his overall performance uh, as a referee observer in the dressing room after a game if I've seen a performance like that I would certainly advise the referee to take a, a week or two out right and uh, if he wasn't prepared to do that I would force it on him because that type of refereeing is totally unacceptable 
his overall performance, uh, and I'm not going to use the word that he favoured one club over the other on that. He was actually, he, he was bad for both teams, not just for Leeds United. He was bad for both sides. He made some uh, decisions that affected both teams on that. But um, certainly as a referee observer, I, I wouldn't have given him very, very high marks for his performance. Right. Okay, I mean, um, in terms of the um, the game itself, um, you know, there, there, there were there were time wasting. I think that, that it's it's fair to say from from Villa, um, really quite early on. Is that something that you would have expected a referee that was having a good performance to have dealt with at that point? Well, early on in the game, referees don't deal with uh, time wasting, and that certainly I would have a word on that. But if it's persistent, which it was in the Villa game, you then you you say, well. I'm going to pick someone out that's time waste and someone that's not been cautioned before, you know, because it's a silly offence to be cautioned for. Because if you're already cautioned, and uh, you, you know, for previous offence, you don't want to send someone off for time waste. You know, you certainly don't want to go down that road. But you would signal someone out that would be time waste, and if they hadn't been already cautioned, you would show them the other card, and that could have consult an awful lot of the messing about. Certainly, uh, they brought it to a different level, Villa. Uh, the ways were time wasting, and his inability to deal with it, among other things, uh, told me one thing that he just wasn't on form for the night because he issues domestic issues. Well, we don't know, you know, what was going through the man's head, but he certainly wasn't on his game. Uh, he had a very poor performance. His physical fitness, even from what you, you know, you could just from the television, uh, seemed to let him down. He wasn't up at play, uh, his decision making was totally. Uh, out of context with the with the game, uh, it happens, it, you know, time to time for referees they just have an off night and that. And the more they try to cover up for it, the worse the issues actually, you know, come thick and fast. Them and it's yeah. very very difficult to get out of that mindset and that frame of mind you're in when you create a situation like that for yourself. But unfortunately, it does happen because at the end of the day, they're human beings and. You know, human frailty is something that we all have from time to time. Yeah, it is. Although having said that, if you're reflecting on on physicality and, and just ability to get around the pitch and be in the right position at the right time, that's not an off night, is it? That doesn't just happen on a night. You know, you can have you make bad decisions on a night and so on. But if if you're not physically fit enough to to officiate a game and be in the right place, that's a different matter, isn't it? Well, so some years ago, yeah, I'm sure you heard of the group Oasis. Yeah. Well, some years back, uh, one of the founders of the band, uh, I think he was known as Bonehead Archers. Bonehead, I think, was his nickname. Uh, his dad, then uh, he was born in Manchester, and uh, he came over to Ireland to live. His wife was Irish, came over to Ireland when he's lived to mm. live after he retired. And he was in his late 60s when he took up junior refereeing, ju- junior soccer. And uh, he retired when he was 75. Right. From the game. And in his early 70s, he was as fit as many young persons that I know. He never, uh, to my knowledge, uh, I was a servant referee at the time. Uh, he never let his club down. Uh, he was always up a play. I did go to see him on one or two occasions because I heard a lot of talk about him. Right. He never let any team down. And most of the junior games wouldn't have three officials. Like the top leagues would certainly have three officials on it. Like the point of making in the Premiership in England, uh, you have three officials. You run there, you don't run there, you just run, run from corner to corner. 
Yeah. So there should be there's no issue, you know, with referees and fitness when it comes to Premiership games because uh, they are at a level and they are tested very very rigorously. Uh, the fitness uh, test is. Uh, I think something like 200 laps, or sorry, 200 uh, sprints. Yeah. And the time limit on, on each sprint. Now, we had a, well, he's still a, a referee here in the old. He, um, he was one of the top UEF officials as an assistant referee. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have uh, a referee in Ireland uh, to go on to Champions League level, the digital the league level. Uh, we had a couple that was on the FIFA, which did the international football and also the Champions League, but they retired. One went to America where he took up a big job as chief of referee. But right. this lad that we have in my town, uh, he was assigned to a Scottish team of officials as uh, their number one assistant because they didn't have an assistant referee as qualified as Damien. And uh, the I've been at seminars where Damien has done his physical and that here in Ireland. We've had the UAF officials come over here uh, to do uh, the physical fitness test. And I've been part of the setup on that. And it, it, it's not a very, very hard test. Actually, junior referees go through a much harder test, you know, for oh, the level right. of football that they're, believe it or not, junior referees have. Uh, the junior referees seminar is uh, six laps of. The 400 meter track, right? Yeah, is that minutes. just because they don't have the um, the, the, the officials on the sidelines to assist them, so they've got uh, more to cover in the, in the game? Yeah, they, they, they cover more ground yeah. because they, they obviously don't have the, the, the officials. Well, the, the point I make when you have officials either side of you, there should be no excuse for fitness level, you should be. You know, the very, very least, at least all times, at least 10 yards away from playing. Yeah. You should be able to anticipate play as well. Because you actually thought that, you know, how to anticipate play. And I mean, common sense is going to tell you when a player has a ball, you know, <clears throat> there's only straight or left or right is going to pass it. You know, yeah. uh, it's only if they're under pressure that they'll pass it back to a goalkeeper. But you should be in a position to be able to anticipate that and also to get from A to B without struggling. But in the Villa game, the referee lacked all that. He, he just, uh, he was like a headless chicken for the use of a better word. And I don't like criticising him, but that's the way he came across to me. He was bad for both sides. He, it wasn't just for Leeds United. He was bad for Villa, equally as bad. Just a, poor, a very, very display. Yeah. Um, just um, one last piece on, on the Villa game is, is the, there was, I mean, there'd been quite a few incidents with, um, I think it was Matt Target at, at left back where it had quite a few incidents, but there was one particular one. Uh, Bamford came out after the game and, and, and said that um, the official had already warned the player to say that if there were any grappling in the box that um, he would be given a penalty. And then at the end, he did grapple with Bamford. Now, it looked a bit like to me, uh, but it's a player that's already been on a warning how would you have played that? Well, again, <coughs> I did this a couple of weeks back uh, <coughs> uh, with some of the other lads. Uh, a couple, uh, couple of seasons back, uh, the Premier League uh, decided to put a stop to the Pullman Dragon in the box. And this is any instance of it, it has to be dealt with. Yeah. This is penalty. Because if it happens outside the box, it's a card and it's a free kick direct free kick the first week that it was implemented Mike Dean was the first referee 
to do it. And he get the correct decision, a penalty. After the game, all hell broke loose. <laughs> he was the only referee that done it. The league <clears throat> come along and we had the same problem here in Ireland. The league came along and says, look, you know, calm it down. You know, there was just a bit of handbag stuff and just, you know, it has to be, you know, the arm around the neck or something like that. God, the players were, they were nearly in love with one another. It was wrapped <laughs> around one another. It was yeah. just ridiculous. But my dean was the bastard for doing his, his job on that. And a lot of people blame referees, but it's the legislators. It's, the, it's down to the legislators. We have a situation now where the 1st of June, the handball yeah. uh, situation is going to be dealt with. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I was on a Zoom meeting with the, the Football Association and uh, two UEFA observers uh, last Sunday afternoon. And the offside law is going to be tingled with. Now, the incident last night, there was, look, I spoke to a chap this morning who was very much involved in technology. Unfortunately, at the age I am, all this type of stuff has gone above my head. Independent Barry to set it up for me. Even the grandkids know more than I do about it. But he told me straight, you, it's absolutely impossible, impossible in a situation like last night to say that it was offside. Yeah. The technology is not capable, he are designed for doing that. <clears throat> and this guy knows what I'm right. talking about. This guy knows because that's his stock and trade. He's an English lad. He's my son-in-law. And he knows exactly. Right. He's a computer expert. And that was a point that was being made on the Zoom call, that maybe it's time to take VAR away from the referees and have technicians brought in to have a look at it. Yeah. You have the on-pitch monitor, so if there's an issue, let the referee go and look at it yeah. on the monitor and let him make the decision besides standing around waiting for five minutes or so for VAR to come along, which was ridiculous last night, to say that it was offside. It wasn't offside, and I think everyone will accept really when you look at it, it wasn't offside. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah but, but in terms of the way that you, you view that, so um, I think that the, the Lionel actually gave the offside decision, didn't he? He flagged for it. Um, so in terms of clear and obvious, would VAR have been... I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was offside, but because the on-field decision had been given as offside, VAR would have to see it as being a, a big distance away from and, and, and say that it's clear and obvious to overrule, surely? Is that not the case? Well, I've ran the line myself on many occasions. And, you know, you don't have the benefit of cameras flashing all over the place, a screen in a stadium telling you, you know, yeah. it's human instinct if you think someone is outside. I've yeah. made mistakes. You know, I, I put the flag up and I've known as soon as I was up, oh my God, what have I done? You know, I've made a right mess. And it, he put the flag up far too quick. It wasn't offside. Now, the law, the law states, if you're level, you're onside. That, I mean, that's level. That is level. There's no two ways about it. There's no daylight like there. He's level. You know, I, I, I can't understand. Now, that's going to be the uh, change come uh, the start of next season. Right. That incident will be ruled onside. So what, what do you think? There'll be a half a yard or something... Yeah. Well, as the law states, you can be level, and the only part of your body that can be in an offside position, and we even seen it with Bamford where he was ruled offside, yeah. but it's already in the, the laws of the game. Uh, your hand and your arm can be in an offside position because that's the only part of your body that you can't 
yeah. Scotland. Yeah. So they can be in an offside position. But it's it's done to the legislators. And it's it's unfortunate really that it's down to four countries. I don't know if you understand this or not. It's four countries that actually dictates the laws in the game of football. Right. Okay. I'm now I want to wear that. The four countries are Northern Ireland, Scotland, England and Wales. Right. No, I didn't realise that. Yeah, that's yeah. They're the decision makers. So it's up. They change the laws, but it's up then to the FIFA legislators to sit down together. But it's dictated by the four home countries, right? And because of the the ways they've tinkered with the the laws over the past, well, since VAR has come in, really, it has made a mockery of the game. It has put more pressure on referees. Referees are incapable of making on-field decisions. On their own. If you go back to um, last night, and uh, there was a lot of criticism over the penalty. It was a penalty. I don't think anyone could disagree or argue. Which was, you know, there was a lot of online abuse towards Mike Dean. No, I don't particularly like him as a referee. I think he's a bit of a short man. But it was a hundred percent penalty. The offside. He took the flag, but he asked for VAR's correction on it. Yeah. And it was very wasn't Mike Dean the rule outside. It was very the rules outside. I think overall Dean had a fairly good performance last night, and I wouldn't uh, rate him as a topper. But I thought he had a he had a decent performance. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's a, a couple of other things as well. I mean, for me, the, the the Rafinha ball. I mean, Bamford did really well to finish the chance off, but but before Rafinha played it in, it was out. You know, it, 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 was, yeah. it was over the line, you know, it was. But somebody else has then uh, um, shown a, a picture of the, the ball in the corner and shown that it's not in uh, in the area for, for the taking of a corner, for a yeah, corner just that, after. Yeah. I mean, all of that sort of stuff, it's been a little bit pernickety, really. But, um, I mean, the, 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 when, when you come right down to it is... We, we do feel our Dunto. You've mentioned the Bamford decision with the offside when he was pointing earlier in the season. We, we, we got, you know, the Costa one last night um, didn't look offside <laughs> by any stretch from any of the replays or the VAR decision. Um, but you know, ultimately, and, and this is something that um, I think it, there's growing unrest around this, is when you see, um, I think there was a, there's a, a, an Aussie official that was recorded um, not too long ago. I shared it on Twitter. And, and you look at cricket, you look at rugby, and when there's decisions that are being made by the off, by, by the, uh, the fourth official and, and, and so on, the third umpire, you get to hear the decision-making process. Is that not something that could be introduced at football so that we at least understand the way that a decision's being arrived at? Well, look, rugby and cricket are stop-start games, Ruby more so. And VAR was not designed, and it's it's not for VAR to go back three or four plays to make a decision on that. That's highly illegal for them to do that. They're not supposed to do that. They only concentrate on the present, not go back if there was foul committed three or four Paces back, they can't. They're not supposed to. That it was never meant for that. Rugby is a stop start. You have your scrums and you have people standing on, so they can take the time to go back and have a look at decisions and that. And it's it's straightforward enough. It's easy in rugby because the offside law is straightforward. The forward pass is another thing like this, pretty straightforward. Uh, High tackles, things like that. Yeah. But uh, cricket. Again, it's very easy for mm, agreed, you know yeah. the video referee because of the nature of the game, but in soccer because it's a fast game. But look, I don't know if you ever seen Hurren. It's an Irish game. 
No, I don't believe so. Well, you have 30 players on the pitch that had sticks. All right, yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's probably the fastest field game I'd say in the world because the pace the ball goes at. You have your two. No, the pitches are much longer than the soccer pitches. You have your two uh, linesmen. You have your referee. I have never read or heard of any controversy involving officials in in Ireland. Never. This is just the referee is up with the play. Right. The assistants they run the full length of the pitch. They don't do from the half a line. They run right. up and down the full length of the pitch. There's never an issue. There's never a problem. Now, as counterpart in Gaelic football, I mean that is as many issues as uh, Premiership football now, because even we haven't got VAR in it, but we have a uh, fourth official who communicates with the referee and advises the referee. Now, in our own domestic league here, we don't have air. We don't have the financial clout the same as the biggest league as National England. But there's never an issue. So I, I, I get where you're coming from in terms of it not being a stop-start game, but actually VAR's made it that, haven't it? So if we're going to be doing yeah, that anyway... Yeah. That, that's the point I was trying to make. VAR has actually made it a stop-start game. Yeah. But part of my job, I go to League of Ireland matches, and there's never an issue. I had only one ever issue with a referee, and that was the top of the table clash. The team that Seamus called, yeah, well, he actually played for both teams uh, in his times, like Rovers and Derry City. Right, and there was an incident with uh, the, the Sligo goalkeeper where he came off his line. Uh, the dirty striker went down, and the referee ran in. He gave he had a car for simulation and a free out. It was a penalty, and it was a red card. Right, it should have been a penalty and a red card. But the referee, uh, in his explanation. The, the angle he was coming, the angle he was looking at it, you know, it looked to him that it was a nation and that deserved warranted to get a card. In the, now, because uh, it's not our number one sport here, soccer, uh, we don't have five or six cameras, yeah. you know, around the we might have three cameras. And so I had to wait till I seen the highlights at night off the game to make a judgment on it and the angle that the referee was coming I got a clear view on the television he was right in what he thought he had seen in that but it obviously was the wrong decision on that but, but the point I'm making there was no big issue with the papers and that it was yeah. the top of the table class they spoke about the game uh, people that had watched it on telly said it was a great game and that there was you know they weren't talking about bar. But when you get right down to it, you know, when you've brought the technology in, because you know we can go to um, uh, the Villa uh, situation last season where where the goal line technology failed as well. You know, the, the frustration for me, I don't, I don't know if you agree. I, you know, I don't know if this is general consensus or I'm, I, you know, I can only speak for myself. But it's when you bring the technology in and they still get it wrong. That's when it's really a problem because you know, a human factor. People are always going to make mistakes. But when you can go back and you can look and ensure that you're not making mistakes, but you still do, that's when it's really frustrating. I, look, I agree with you 100%. Technology was there to uh, cut out any uh, mistakes referees were making. 
and it has actually made it quite worse. It hasn't uh, dealt with the, you know, the, the issues. Uh, it's a fifth eye. The fourth official, uh, he is supposed to be involved in the game. If the fourth official can't, you know, give directions, well, they're supposed to give directions to the referee or instructions or whatever of issues, something that may, they may say on that. So you have your in, in Premiership football, you have your two assistants, you have your referee, your fourth official, and you have VAR. So somewhere they have, they have to get it right. Yeah, you know, they, they just can't. Be, <laughs> you know, they just can't be making the mistakes that they're making. But the thing for me is, you know, and I'm at an age where, like, I love the game. I, you know, I grew up with. I've been a Leeds supporter since God knows how long. Uh, I've been to Ellen Road back in the 60s. Uh, I lived up in a place called Ashington, Northumberland. All right, okay, uh, yeah. For some time. You know, my late wife is English uh, from uh, Birkenhead. I currently have a daughter married to a lad from Kent. She's a nurse in Northampton. So I have great affinity with England, obviously, and that. But I just love to go up and have a few jars. And before our came in my local, you had a mixture of Liverpool, Man United supporters, and even though it wouldn't go to blows, but the banter we'd have, you know, for 16 years, I couldn't actually take part in it because, <laughs> you know, being in the championship, if I, if I was, you know, trying to express my opinion, I was told, look, there has to be a pub somewhere in the town that deals with the championship. That, you know, it was all a bit of banter. Yeah. But, that's gone now. This, we don't have that anymore because of our... You, you, the point I'm making is that the talk after a game is all about VAR and the decisions that was made. Yeah. Not actually about the football, but... Well, no. yeah. you know, last night, they uh, had chance after chance. You know, They could have been 4-0 up at halftime. We could have been 5-4 at the end of the game. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we cannot get free from that. No, you know, no, that's that's true. It was, it was our own. Agreed. Um, so yeah, Car- Carla asked me to ask yeah. um, one 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 particular question about the game last night. Um, just 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 to finish off was um, there was an element. So I saw the first bit. I didn't see the second bit. I'll be honest. Uh, so the first bit was there was a point at which Calvin won the ball, um, and then there was a coming together between him and and um, and another player. Calvin ended up getting booked, having won the ball. So you know, just just from a viewpoint of that, is that because he was deemed to have been out of control? Do you think, if you remember that instance? No, that that was that was for me that, that was the only mistake that my right. team made last night. Both of them had their legs up high. Uh, probably uh, just seeing Calvin Phillips, uh, you know, going to the tackle first, and that both had their legs high, so he shouldn't have been cautioned for it. Now it's unfortunate. The the only time a yellow card will be rescinded, we'll say you're on five yellow cards and you're facing a suspension. I think it's a five yellow cards and you put and then you get a one match ban. The only time that will be rescinded is if it impacted on getting a ban. Right. But certainly, my team got it totally wrong. But I could understand the view he had of it. Because uh, when I seen it at first, I th- actually thought, and every time I thought, uh, you know, it was a bit high. But when they showed it back, and even the commentary said, you know, that uh, it was just a coming together and that really both legs were high. And yeah, it shouldn't have been the yellow card. Um, and, and the other one was, um, uh, apparently Antonio did, did kick Cooper in, in the head. 
Now, I, I didn't see this one, I'll confess. So if you did, I just wondered what your view was because I, I didn't see that one. Yeah, it, it was an accident. It, it, it wasn't uh, intentional. It was just one of those things that happens in football. Uh, sometimes players put their heads where they shouldn't put them. Especially centre half that's in there. You know, with the talk, I I was a centre half, and there was talk always of putting your body on the line and 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 that sort of thing. Is just going to go in the ball? I I was never much good as a footballer, and uh, like I'm not a free time. I wouldn't be putting my body on the line, you know, for (laughs) anything. But look, it was just one of those things that happens in football. But he's body on the line but his head on the line and look at Antonio no, there was no other feeling or anything it was just yeah, one of those things that happens in football every day I do a sports show alright oh, okay I didn't realise that and uh, I do it's just do 20 minutes to half an hour yeah yeah uh, I work in a local radio station right okay. and uh, on a Saturday afternoon I, I do a, a sports show for two hours uh, oh, I just, I, it's on for two hours I, I do an hour uh, soccer on a Saturday but Monday to Friday uh, I don't actually go down to the studio to bring me to the house and that and I can sit back and right. uh, have a chat on the phone I've been 20 minutes to half an hour every day so I enjoy doing this actually you know cool. it's nice to get different opinions and yeah, and do you know what? It, yeah, it's good. that's what life is all about. Because you know, you know, from 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 my perspective, just as a fan, having not been involved in in refereeing at all, it's 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 great to get an, an opinion from somebody that's actually been involved and in, for for and for such a long time. Um, so it, it's it's great to be able to get that sort of input because you don't tend to get that from the referees that are in the game. Well, as I, I spoke of a lad that we have here in in my town, that's. Uh, he he was on the FIFA and UEFA panel as an assistant referee. Now he gave his UEFA and FIFA badge back last year, and even though he was able to referee uh, a junior and senior league, here he wasn't entitled to referee in the Electricity League, that's the League of Ireland. Right. Uh, he he ran the line in it, but he retrained for that as a referee, and uh, he has now got his UEFA badge as. Uh, referee but this guy is dedicated he reads football that's his whole life and that is football but the, the money those guys get you know at that level it's, it's unbelievable you know for a, it's hard to imagine for a Champions League match um, something like 2,750 euros for running the line right for uh, an international it's 3,000 euros that's not bad for 90 minutes work yeah all all the expenses are paid and the lad I'm referring to he's a school teacher and if he was away doing the Champions League he'd be gone for three days he would have to get a substitute teacher that's all part of expense that's all covered by your way it's it's a fantastic life yeah, you might get to be involved in football at that level as well, and you know how many people get to do that. Unless you're you're at the pinnacle and, and the peak fitness and capability of being a footballer, how else do you get involved? Yeah, at that level? well, many people is going to get their hand in a position to put their arm across Lionel Messi's chest to stop him taking a corner <laughs> kick. You know, and this lad actually done it. 
Right. You know, he put his arm across to prevent it from taking a corner kick because the referee was chatting to some players. This was at the European uh, Super Cup. Right. Something to tell and, the grandkids. Uh, he, yeah, well, he, he, he was the only referee, to my knowledge, normally a referee that does a semi final uh, in uh, tournaments, they don't get a final. And of course, the same as assistants. That's the way it goes. He, I remember in the 2016 uh, Euros, uh, I I had some text messages with him that he was doing the semi-final and he was coming home. And we would have a meeting because he's also chairman of the Referee Society. But he texted me later on that night that he was actually being kept back, that they were putting him on the final, which was very, very unusual. I think it was the first ever to do it, actually, assistant referee to do a semi-final and a a final. That's how good this lad and dedicated. But you have to be dedicated, you know, to the other side of it. Yeah, no, I, I I get that, but I, I I thought that for the big uh, tournaments that the the um, uh, the, the touch the linesman and so on uh, or the the assistant referee should I say and and the referee I thought that they stayed in in a team and and they did matches together and they they, they stayed as a a unit. I didn't realise the mix and match. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Uh, with Damien's kid because he was such a good assistant uh, he was assigned uh, when uh, his good friend went to America took uh, a job as head of referees in America that had been in Mount Allen Kelly so it left Damien without an official that was uh, qualified to do World Cup qualification and European League matches because there's a huge step up between even Europa League and Champions League so because he was that good, he was assigned to uh, a Scottish team of officials. Right. But when it came to the Europeans, uh, now they use, you know, I, I remember Graham Paul. Uh, he was involved in the World Cup some years back. And one of our assistants, a lad with him, Eddie Foley, uh, they only met the day before the match right. that we're doing to go through things and that. So it's the way it's FIFA points. Now we had it, you have it uh, here in women's, you have it in women's football even at that level because we had an Irish girl, uh, Michelle O'Neill, who made uh, history. Uh, she was one of the first females to run the line uh, at a men's game and that was at the European Super Cup right. uh, last season. Uh, she was one of the first females to be involved and she never met the other officials that was involved in it. I think it was a girl from France that actually refereed right, the game. Okay. And uh, she was uh, she never met them. So uh, the laws of the game don't change from one country to another. They're supposed to be universal. And that, unfortunately, some referees don't understand <laughs> that they are supposed to be universal. You know, but uh, they're supposed to be. And, uh, you know, I know there can be a language barrier, obviously, and that. But they, they know each other and they, they work out a set of signals, yeah. you know, for the offside is very easy, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. That's, that's, um, it's, it, like I say, it's great to be able to hear somebody that's, that's got that, that wealth of experience in that sort of role and, and then working with referees after, um, it's really good to be able to hear that insight. So, um, yeah, no, thank, thanks very much for that. Um, and um, yeah, sorry it's about the mess about at the start of it. Um, it's, it's been great to speak to you, and uh, yeah, we'll look, we'll look forward to getting you back on after the next couple of games. Yeah, 
Yeah, and look, look at, uh, we'll certainly have to, when uh, everything is back to some semblance of normality, we'll have to meet up the Leeds on day and have a few beers. And Oh, yeah, I think know, there'll be plenty a, of that. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, my pleasure. All right, thanks very much. Yeah. Speak to Talk you Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Thank you for listening to another Autonow Better podcast, the Independent League United podcast. You can engage with us via our socials on YouTube and Twitter at the address at Autonow Better with your thoughts on the show or subjects you'd like us to discuss. You can even join us live and have your say while we're recording on our YouTube channel for the main weekly show and the Berardi and Coke after match podcasts. With three years' worth of content you can listen back to, from interviews with former Leeds players and managers to Hollywood stars. Maybe choose carefully which match reviews to check out, though. Remember to subscribe on whichever app you choose to follow us on.